welcome back to Series 3 of the Construction Law Back to Basics podcast, where Stevenson Bolton's construction and engineering team will be providing an overview of the different types of dispute resolution processes commonly used in the construction industry. I'm Claire Perry, a Managing Associate at Stevenson Bolton, and today I'm going to be talking about alternative dispute resolution, commonly known as ADR. ADR is a general term used to describe forms of dispute resolution other than litigation or arbitration proceedings. Adjudication is itself a form of ADR, and my colleague Lauren discussed the importance of adjudication in settling construction disputes in our last podcast. So other forms of ADR commonly used for construction disputes are negotiation, mediation, med-arb, which is a hybrid process, and I'll talk about that shortly, early neutral evaluation, expert determination and dispute boards, although this last form is generally confined to major long-running projects. So what do these terms mean? First, negotiation. This is often a first step towards attempting to settle a dispute, whether done formally, as required by a contract, or on a more informal basis. It can be a discussion between any members of the parties in dispute or their legal advisers, but is commonly a meeting between senior representatives of the parties who have authority to reach a deal and who may not have been involved in the day-to-day running of the project and therefore do not have the same personal or emotional involvement in the dispute, which can lead to a more commercial approach to settlement. There are also roundtable meetings, sometimes referred to as mediation without the mediator, which involve meetings between the parties' respective lawyers who, with their clients, meet face-to-face to explore the possibility of reaching a settlement. Next, mediation. So mediation is one of the most commonly recognised and used forms of ADR and is strongly encouraged by the courts. There are currently proposals to make mediation mandatory in some circumstances before parties are able to proceed to litigation in court. Mediation involves an independent third party, the mediator, who seeks to assist both sides to come to an agreement to resolve their dispute. Mediation can take different forms, but in the context of a construction dispute, it is usually confined to a set period of time, a couple of hours to a day, depending on the complexity involved, and starts with each party presenting a summary of their case to the mediator and in the presence of the other party. The parties then retire to separate rooms and the mediator travels between them, seeking to identify issues where agreement may be reached and so gently pushing the parties in that direction. It's sometimes described as a formalised process of shuttle diplomacy. It is important to note that the mediator cannot impose a settlement on the parties. While there is a degree of formality to the structure of the process, particularly with the preparatory work, the day is intended to be fluid, with the mediator steering the direction of the discussions. A skilled mediator can go a long way towards the parties, reaching either a binding settlement or at least narrowing the scope of the disputed matters, which can lead to settlement shortly thereafter. So I mentioned MedArb, which is mediation arbitration, um, a hybrid two-stage form of ADR. It usually involves the parties agreeing to attend a mediation, but also to grant the mediator power to convert automatically to being an arbitrator and to make a legally binding arbitral award if the mediation fails to result in a settlement of the relevant dispute. The arbitration phase of the process will be legally binding and the arbitrator's award will be enforceable, like an award rendered in standard arbitration proceedings. Early neutral evaluation is a form of ADR whereby the parties invite a neutral third party to give an opinion on the merits of their case or particular aspects of the case. The evaluator will generally be a lawyer or an expert in the field of the dispute. 
This has the greatest scope for success where the parties are both willing to settle, but there is a specific stumbling block, often a technical issue, in relation to which the parties have strong views. The decision of the individual is not usually binding, although it could be if the parties agreed to that in advance, but it can be used to help the parties get over a particular technical issue in dispute. Moving on to expert determination, contrast this with the early neutral evaluation. Expert determination is binding um, and can offer a relatively speedy and effective means to settle a dispute. The process involves an independent expert in the relevant discipline determining a dispute between parties in accordance with the provisions in the parties agreement. In the context of a construction dispute, expert determination could be used, for example, to ascertain delay and disruption claims or the determination of a contractor's final account using an expert quantity surveyor. Expert determination may effectively resolve an entire dispute and so could take the place of arbitration. However, unlike arbitration, expert determination is not judicial in character. Instead, it is the independent exercise of the expert's expertise. Given the limited safeguards around expert determination and the binding nature of the result, parties should think carefully about the types of dispute which might be suitable for expert determination. Finally, dispute review boards. This is a standing adjudication panel system used in major construction contracts. The board, often a three-person panel, maybe two technical people and one legal, is appointed at the beginning of the project and stays in close touch with it, adjudication, adjudicating disputes as they arise. Dispute review boards are designed to keep the parties working constructively together while finding solutions to problems as they occur, rather than allowing those problems to escalate in an untimely destructive manner. The board will often make recommendations which, like adjudication, may be binding on an interim basis. So these forms of ADR are an attempt to settle disputes between parties before resorting to court or arbitration. They can be used on their own or may be used in sequence. For example, a contract might require the parties to attempt high-level negotiation, but if that is not successful within a certain time period, then the parties can escalate to mediation or another form of ADR. ADR can be voluntary or it can be made mandatory as a condition precedent to litigation or arbitration, but it is worth noting that ADR cannot be made a condition precedent to adjudication where the Construction Act applies, as this gives the parties the right to adjudicate at any time. ADR, particularly mediation, is encouraged by the courts and may be ordered as mandatory in some cases. It is also worth noting that ADR can be agreed between the parties once a dispute has arisen, but is more commonly included in the contract at the beginning, so that the parties have a clear understanding of what they can do in the event of a dispute, and to avoid any disagreements between the parties over which form of ADR is appropriate once a dispute has arisen. Different forms of ADR may be binding, binding on an interim basis, or advisory only. It is also worth checking the contract terms to see if there are any time limits set out in the contract, which, for example, may make an adjudication decision binding on the parties unless they notify the other party that the decision is disputed or even refer the matter to be finally decided within a certain time period. A failure to comply with any such time limits may mean that a party loses the right to challenge a decision at a later date. So, why would the parties to a construction contract want to consider ADR as a precursor to more formal proceedings? Well, there are pros and cons to using ADR. These will vary slightly depending on which form of ADR is being used, but generally the pros are 
time. ADR is often quick, much quicker than a full court or arbitration trial process. It can also take place at an early stage of the dispute, allowing the parties to settle and move on much earlier, which can be a particular advantage with an ongoing project. Then cost. ADR is generally much cheaper than going through a full court trial process. It's confidential, unlike litigation, and there is a procedural informality to ADR, so the parties may be able to agree a procedure and a process to suit them and their project or dispute, rather than being shoehorned into a formal court process. Now onto the cons. So we talked about time being a pro, but it can also be a con. Because of the quick nature of ADR, this can leave the parties without the time to thoroughly go into the details of the case, particularly where the dispute is complex and or there's a large amount of evidence to consider. Particularly with adjudication, this has led to accusations of rough justice, although this is tempered by such a decision only being binding on an interim basis. Then there might be a challenge um, of unequal bargaining power between the parties, which can lead to outcomes that may not be fair or equitable, particularly if the disadvantaged party feels pressured or coerced into accepting an unfavourable settlement. We talked about cost as being a pro, but it can also be a con. Usually in the context of ADR, each party bears its own costs and will not be able to recover these from the other side, even if they are successful. The parties will also usually need to pay for the costs of the relevant third party, for example, the mediator or the expert, and the costs of hiring a venue in the event that an in-person meeting is required. Finally, there's enforcement. So even where a decision is binding, if the other side does not comply, the parties will still need to go through the court process in order to enforce any binding decision. This can add additional time and cost to the process. So the standard form construction contracts treat dispute resolution in slightly different ways. If we look at NEC using the NEC 4ECC as an example, the dispute resolution provisions are found in options W1, W2 and W3, one of which must be selected by the parties when they enter into the contract. The parties are also required to provide important information in the contract data as to whether disputes are to be finally resolved by litigation or arbitration. The NEC contracts generally take a stage approach, with stage one being a meeting between senior representatives, stage two being adjudication, although if the Construction Act applies, then option W2 must be selected, which allows the disputes to be referred to adjudication at any time, and then stage three being litigation or arbitration. Importantly, the NEC contracts contain time limits, whereby if a party is not satisfied with an adjudicator's decision, it must give a notice of dissatisfaction within four weeks of being informed of the decision. Otherwise, it can become final and binding, and the dispute cannot be referred to litigation or arbitration. Therefore, if a party fails to serve a timely notice of dissatisfaction, it will lose not only the right to seek final determination of a dispute, but the right to challenge the validity or resist enforcement of the adjudicator's decision. Moving on to JCT, using the JCT design and build contract as an example, section 9 of the contract sets out the dispute resolution procedures. These are relatively brief compared to those found in NEC and FIDIC. In short, they provide that where a dispute cannot be resolved by direct negotiations between the parties, then they should give serious consideration to mediation. The contract also allows for adjudication and requires the party to select litigation or arbitration for the final resolution of disputes. 
There are no time limits for disputing an adjudicator's decision, as in the NEC contracts, but parties do need to be aware of the final statement clauses, which, if unamended, effectively restrict the range of matters that parties may challenge in dispute resolution proceedings if proceedings are not commenced within the time period specified in the relevant clauses. Finally, a quick look at FIDIC. So the FIDIC contracts contain a multi-tiered dispute resolution procedure. Stage one is referral to the dispute avoidance board, which is used in FIDIC contracts, followed if necessary by amicable settlement and finally arbitration. The FIDIC contracts are slightly different as they're drafted for use on international projects where the parties are of different nationalities and or the project is located in a different jurisdiction from one or both of the parties. They are, however, increasingly being used on domestic UK projects. Therefore, if the Construction Act applies, the party's right to adjudicate at any time will override the FIDIC provisions. So when using a FIDIC contract for a UK project, the party should amend the contract accordingly. In conclusion, as ADR is a growing area, new categories are constantly evolving. When considering which type of ADR might work best for you, do not feel you need to be confined to the types of ADR that I've mentioned today. Consider whether a hybrid form of ADR or the use of two or more forms together may work best. For example, an early evaluation of liabilities or of the probable outcome of a full hearing might then provide the parties with the ability to start from a more informed starting point. There are other types of ADR which the Centre for Effective Dispute Resolution have in the past identified, and these include neutral fact-finding, which is similar to expert determination, but restricted to the clarification of particular issues and non-binding. Conciliation sometimes refers to a process similar to mediation, but in which the third party takes a more activist role in putting forward terms of settlement or perhaps an opinion on the case. And independent interventions, which is the involvement of an impartial third party to facilitate negotiations, discussions, consensus building, problem solving and relationship building, or to manage existing or potential difficulties in a wide variety of situations. In summary, ADR can be confidential, flexible, cost effective and quick, and is therefore always useful to consider both at the outset of a contract, but also at any time where a dispute arises. So thank you for listening to this podcast, which is part of the Back to Basics dispute resolution series by the construction and engineering team here at Stevenson Bolton. If you have any questions or would like any further information in connection with anything I've discussed today or during the rest of our construction podcast series, please don't hesitate to get in touch with me or your usual Stevenson Bolton contact. Please look out for upcoming episodes of this series by my colleagues who will be discussing arbitration and litigation. Thank you.